Welcome to Healthcare Hacks and Connections Podcast. Here you will learn all things podcasting, acquiring amazing tips and tricks required to transform your podcast into an essential tool to grow your business. On this show, we will bring in expert guests from across the healthcare spectrum. They will share their personal stories, discuss their struggles, and give real examples of how a podcast helped to grow their business. Now let's head into this week's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today we have a returning guest, well, one half of a returning guest. And today we're going to get into all things YouTube ads and how to use YouTube ads for your business and to help level up your business with it. And we're going to get into like, should you already have a YouTube? Should you not have a YouTube? Those type of things that you're probably asking yourself in your head right now and even contemplating like, oh, well, what about Facebook ads? I already do Facebook ads, you know? So we're going to get into all of that, but I just want to welcome Paul O'Chang to the podcast, one half of Off the Clock. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What up, y'all? It's good to be back. I'm excited to talk about the YouTube ads as well um, and all things advertising, but specifically why I think YouTube ads might be the thing that your business is missing if you haven't been able to get ads working just right for your business and your offer. Yeah. And then if you guys haven't, if you guys haven't tuned into the podcast before him and his partner, Carl Bourne are a healthcare team that started with a healthcare podcast and built their podcast into a lucrative marketing business. And they help healthcare entrepreneurs, plastic surgeons specifically grow their online and local presence in their business. So Paul, let's just get into it. You know, about YouTube ads, like, like, let's start with that. Like, cause that was the first thing that popped in my head is like, do I need a YouTube channel? Well, yeah. So you're going to need a YouTube channel. But the question that most people tend to ask is, does my YouTube channel need to already have a lot of traffic and stuff like that? Right. Yeah. The answer is no. So by running YouTube ads by default, you will have to create a YouTube channel because we have to be able to host the ads somewhere. Okay. And we can get more into that a little later on, but yeah, you need a YouTube channel, but it doesn't have to have a ton of traffic. But I will say this, if your YouTube channel already has a lot of videos, it's only going to be helpful, especially if some of your goals are to monetize your channel. If you're not already monetized, this can be a strategy as well in conjunction with running ads to your offer to grow your subscriber list to be able to increase your viewership as well to either hit that you know four thousand watch hours or the 10 million views on shorts and so yeah you need a youtube channel but it does not require that it's like super 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 old in order to be able to get the best results and then i think another question that probably is popping in people's heads because they've probably done facebook ads and they're like you know they need like the perfect offer or perfect like lead magnet or you know perfect it needs to be perfection and i think we're going to be here today to kind of coach them out of that so what would you say to those people so i have to start with saying that there is no perfect anything for anything that y'all just stick with me here for a second there is no perfect anything for anything what does that mean YouTube ads might not be the perfect way to advertise your business. Facebook ads might not be the per- TikTok ads, Pinterest ads, even podcast ads may not be the perfect way to advertise your business. So you have to be able to get out of thinking that I have to do it at this one place to get it. Most people's struggle with advertising just always starts with the wrong assumption about your advertising platform. That's the first thing. The second thing is people feel like they need to have the perfect offer. People feel like they need to have the perfect funnel, the perfect landing page, the perfect whatever. And that's not the case. Most like, okay, let me say like this. If you ever watch different advertising platforms or rather different like businesses when they advertise their product, think about the fact, what are they advertising? Like, what is it? So I'll give you the example because I was watching... I don't know if you watch Snowfall or anything like that, but I'm hooked on that show. So I was uh, watching some Snowfall earlier this morning after reading, and a Chick Fil A ad kept like Chick Fil A ads kept coming on, right? And so I stopped and I said out loud to my wife, I was like, you know what's weird? It just now dawned on me that Chick Fil A ads are never about their food, right? Where most people would assume that your restaurant 
if you have a restaurant or like a food business, you need to advertise their food. Chick-fil-A ads are like, they are never about the food ever. It's two kinds of ads Chick-fil-A runs. They run ads about, they're basically testimonials about customer service or they'll run ad about cows that are saying eat more chicken. But it's never about the food. Now, we can all attest that Chick-fil-A is pretty good if you eat chicken, right? And you're not a vegetarian or vegan. We can attest Chick-fil-A food is pretty good. And we can also attest that Chick-fil-A food is made better because of their customer service. But Chick-fil-A doesn't get caught up in trying to tell you, guess what? This chicken is the best and we have the right combination of whatever. No, they just tell you, hey, our customer service is pretty great. But hey, don't take our word for it. Here's what these other random regular people had to say about it as well. Right? Now, you know what's interesting about Chick-fil-A, since I'm already on this topic, did you know Chick-fil-A has test restaurants? Test restaurants? Yeah. Did you know they have what's called the Little Blue Menu? No. So Chick-fil-A literally has random, I know the closest one to me, I think, is in Nashville, Tennessee. But they have random Chick-fil-A's who test new products all the time. Burgers. Like, I couldn't believe it when I saw burgers. Regular burgers on a Chick-fil-A menu, just different products. What is that? Even though Chick-fil-A, a chicken company, sells chicken, they're still testing Chick-fil-A burgers with random subsets of people. Why is that? Because they also understand, even though they may be a chicken company right now, right? Really, I think Chick-fil-A is a customer service company. Even though that's what they are, they still try to find other ways to advertise themselves, see who else they can hit. So the entire purpose of that is to show you guys that don't just try to find the perfect way. There is no perfect way. As a matter of fact, I think you might get closer to perfect because you test a lot, often, over and over and over to try to find better ways, not perfect ways, better ways, right? And so that's where I'll start with that very long drawn out answer and that there's just no perfect method to be able to get people to purchase products. There's some people who have horrendous landing pages, but their offer is amazing. And that's what gets them millions of dollars a month. The example I wanted to give it, there's this company that sells tape. I don't remember what the, it's not rock tape. There's this company that sells tape. It's like just super durable tape. Their landing page is like, bro, when I tell you their landing page looks horrible, I'm talking clunky. It's flashing like it's the nineties, like whatever, but they're selling millions of dollars worth of this tape, right? Well, they took their landing page. It was bad, but they wrapped a car in a metal cage and they taped the joints together of this cage and threw it down a hill. I'm trying to remember what the name of. I'll find it. Oh, oh that's definitely it. something viral where you're like, oh, I got to watch right? this. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same people. Um, So the people that made that added the same people that made the potty squatty. They're the same people that made the poopery commercials. Oh, OK. So right? so I think if they're the same people, then they're involved. They're involved with Mr. Beast. Yeah. Yeah. So they're on the they're, brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Because Mr. Beast ran an ad that was for squatty potty that was a unicorn shitting shitting yeah right and that they they originally squatty potty was like this is not gonna do good and mr beast is like it's gonna do good like i know this stuff this is my my domain right and they're like okay and they ran it and then it just freaking blew up and then what are they like they said rainbow was it unicorn ice cream is what they called it yeah 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 so that's to that point, though. They ran an ad that just like if you've ever watched the ad, by the way, the ad looks just weird the whole time. It's yeah. just strange. Yeah. But it did the trick. Yep. Right. The Harmon Brothers, not the Hammond Brothers, the Harmon Brothers. And then and I think what they did. And I think what they did after that was like campaign wise, they saw that it blew up. They actually made that ice cream. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, you know what? Since we're on the topic of like even Mr. Beast or better yet, even like non-perfect ways of advertising, are yeah. you on TikTok? Uh, sort of. I try to okay. go on and off. Have you heard of Keith Lee? Yeah. Okay. Right. For listeners, we are not paid by Keith Lee, Keith Lee to talk about this. This is just what's coming up. So what's interesting about Keith Lee stuff is think about it. All these restaurants out there, they're getting just regular, like he is sitting in his daughter's room. 
on like a little foldable princess chair reviewing food in front of his phone with barely any edits, right? So some people would be out there trying to produce squatty potty level advertising, poopery level advertising, a dollar shave club level advertising, when really you might just need your phone, TikTok, and 60 seconds, right? So there's no perfect way to go about it. But what, what I've found, especially with YouTube ads, is that you can create an experience for people to connect with you for stuff they're already looking for. But hopefully that answers your question, right? There's just no perfect way to go about it. And I think for those who FiberFix, I just now remember the name of the tape. Y'all that listen to this episode, go look up FiberFix. Just go watch their commercials. It's amazing. But there's just no perfect way to do it. And if you remove yourself from that need to create the perfect advertisement or the perfect funnel or the perfect landing page and just be willing to test crappy and uncrappy, right? Not crappy stuff, then you're going to win, but you got to be willing to do it. And so that's what I was saying. YouTube might not be the perfect one, but Facebook may not be the perfect one. And there's all the other advertising platforms. You just have to find the one that's right for you. But we're going to talk about YouTube too. Yeah. So, okay. Now I'm just getting into like, so it's, it's, it's a video platform. So then is it like taboo to even put like a still ad on there or should it always be like a a video, uh, a VSL? Here's my take on it. And this is a little bit unconventional. As long as it's in video form, it doesn't matter what's on it. As long as it catches somebody's attention, tear me out. You could take a video like you could take you could take a picture of something that catches somebody's attention. I don't know. I feel like me and you live in Florida where I live. We have flamingos, pigs, deer, gators, snakes all in my backyard. Right. So I could just take a bunch of those pictures, of those animals. And let's say I'm just holding a picture of a gator and I just put that across for three minutes. Think about it. Right. And I'm like, I'm selling gator I don't know, nets or whatever. It's just me holding a gator. Is that going to do the trick? Is that going to catch your attention? Right? I could put a picture that says, Florida man adopts gator, and it's me and a gator holding it. Is that going to catch your attention? Yes. And if you put that on a YouTube ad, and it's just like it's video form, but it's a picture. It's one picture for three minutes. And it just says, Florida man captures gators and adopts them as dogs. Now, you want to know some more about that, right? One, because you're accustomed to Florida man news. So you think, oh, what crazy thing is this now? And then two, for the right audience that that's meant for, because that's how YouTube ads works, right? For the right audience that's meant for, it's going to catch your attention and they're going to want to click on the ad to find out more. So it doesn't always have to be video, but it always has to capture their attention. A lot of the videos, like even what what I do, man, the editor that I use, he he actually... And I used to never understand why he did it at the beginning. But then I thought about it and I asked him too, after thinking about it, I was like, why do you have these like inverted filter where it looks like somebody was like learning how to edit videos and then they just created these like trippy situations. He's like, because it's just pattern interrupts. So as you're watching the video, I'm just interrupting you over and over and over. So you're going to see three pattern interrupts within the first 10 seconds of watching any of the ads I work on. And it's going to capture your attention, right? Especially because, see, I'm a little crazy, so I know most of the people are watching these ads at night, in the dark, in bed. There's no light around you. So that light shining is going to... I'm thinking about it, right? So as long as it captures attention. Um, but it also depends to like the kind of video you do. You don't have to have long videos as ads. It's not required. I saw an ad today on Hulu. Well, who was notorious for ads? But I saw an ad today for like ADT that a QR code and all it said on the QR code was as simple. Like they said, securing your home is as simple as pausing a video. Mind you, do you know when the ad comes on? When you pause the show. So I just chuckled and I looked at it. I was like, that's funny because I paused the video and that was easy. So I was like, hmm, they're onto something, right? I just have my phone uh, scan a QR code because we're protected by Jeff Bezos in this house and ring for those that didn't catch the joke. But hopefully that answers that question in a little more depth. I just thought about the other thing while I was answering the first thing. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think 
you know, the pattern interrupt is definitely big in anything really. Um, like anything with even content, like you should be kind of pattern interrupting. Even this podcast, when we try to change, you know, content, we try to pattern interrupt and, you know, so we'll like, we'll go through something and I'll write something down. Right. And then I'll write something that we were talking about earlier and then I'll go back to that. So then also what I'm getting you as a listener to be thinking is like, Oh wait, wait, did I miss something? I need to go back to that point. And then, so you're, we're pattern interrupting. We're, we're kind of, we're taking you on this journey and we're bringing you through these like loops and holes and, and things like that. And you might even notice, you might even notice it from other uh, uh, podcast creators that are doing it too. Or, or you know something I thought about yep. just now, just Go in relation to interrupts, because, you know, obviously let's talk to your audience about this. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a copyright on this. So if it is, please don't go get sued. Okay. But here's what I would do for a pattern interrupt, especially for those of y'all who advertise things inside your own show. Right. Here's what I would do, especially if it's audio only, I would take that, you know, right when you turn on Netflix and it makes that little sound when the giant and pops up, I would take that sound and throw it in the middle of your stream right before I say something that's like an advertisement for any of my products, offers, whatever. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if it's copyrighted. Y'all will, do not hold me accountable. I will not be responsible for that lawsuit. But if it's not something like that, that just triggers memory. And this came, by the way, from something I was thinking about doing it for our own show because I was on CapCut, right, yesterday. And I was thinking about, you know, how can I just throw together a little YouTube intro for our stuff? Or like, how can I throw together just a little like promo stuff? And one of the CapCut templates is the Netflix intro. It's just there, right? It's just like, it's a giant and it makes a sound and then you put in your video after it. And I sat there and I thought to myself, well, that's one way to get somebody's attention immediately. Cause it doesn't matter who it is. As soon as they see your video, they're going like, I guarantee 99% of the time they're going to stop and watch it just because they saw the thing that interrupted the pattern of like whatever they were scrolling on. Or on that note, because we know that sound so much they're probably in, you know, probably you're listening on your phone is you're going to check your phone and be like, wait, did I open up Netflix? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and then it's going to get their attention. So whatever you're going to say next is going to be like, you got attention right there. Yeah. I would be careful in that gray area there. Definitely gray area. I don't, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't know about that. I know like you're allowed like, I want to say it's like five seconds and there's, there's a lawyer out there, Gordon Firemark or something like that. Go check out his stuff. He'll tell you about it. I don't know it. Maybe I'll bring him on to talk about that uh, in the future, but um, definitely seen in the past of things that he talks about like that, where it's like, Oh, can I insert like, say the Simpsons, like a clip of the Simpsons? And it's like, yes, Mm -hmm. you can, but it could only be like a five second, like, this and then right. you're done. You can't, you can't play like a 30 second. Right. Like, then you have you're to infringing them. on their stuff. Yeah. You're infringing. And then you have to pay them for, you know, royalties rights. and all that. Yeah. 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 Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. That's what I was saying. Like just enough to catch your attention. Yes. If you think about just advertising, five seconds is a lot of time. Yes. We live yeah. in a world like where the short form content started with what Vine. Yep. Vine gave you six seconds to convey an entire story not a message an entire story right and so if you think about that from that perspective and you take that and you bring it over to like advertising like this i think it'll make a gigantic difference for you but you have to you also have to be creative right so if it's okay with you let me kind of transition into like why i think creativity with the youtube ads matters go for it so Think about it this way. Most people are on YouTube and unless they have like the number of people that claim to have YouTube, uh, what is it called? Premium or whatever it is, is a lot lower than people who don't. Okay. So most people, if you're thinking about running ads, trust me, the majority of people actually don't have the YouTube premium, maybe parents, but even them, right? Somebody, somebody's seen a YouTube ad at some point. And so um, if you ever think about the amount of ads you're seeing every time you watch anything related to YouTube or even like whatever, right? Any of the other platforms, 
depending on how a YouTube channel has set up their monetization, you might have in-stream ads or like in the middle of the stuff, right? So somebody could be running an ad at the beginning. Somebody could have two ads. They have like an hour long podcast, right? Or show. They might set up two ads in the middle of their hour long stream. And so for you, how do you capture people's attention when they're already consuming something that they already love and is long? So I'll use the example of Mr. B since we already mentioned them before. Yeah, I was just going to reference something. So we did even we guys, we even predicted this was going to blow up even for podcasts because 80% of you, when you're listening to a podcast, you don't even skip one of the ads anymore. And I did this in my, my predictions for 2023. Right. So I was like, if you're not doing this with the ads, what I mean by that too, is you're advertising your own product, your own service. Like, and if you're not like, I'm sorry, your podcast is a hobby and it's not a part of your business. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's tough talk we have to have right now. I mean, you got to like, if, if you think about even the amount of podcasts I watch, notice I said, watch, right. <laughs> I didn't say just listen. Yeah. 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 Even in the car, like I will open up a YouTube, like I'll put it right up there as I'm driving and I'll just let it play. And I'm like, hmm, I'd rather watch, right? Because we're just in the visually consuming thing, right? And so if you think about the fact that you, even if somebody could literally be watching sports highlights and you could put their stuff, your stuff in front of that, whatever it is. Or if you're on the other side and you have your own show and you set up your channel to be monetized, now granted, you have to like hit a thousand subscribers, the 10 million shorts, tell me, tell me 10 million views on shorts or the 4,000 watch hours, right? In a 12 month period. So you hit those metrics. Well, even with your own show and what um, Nate was just saying is if you don't allow that to happen for your stuff, it's just a hobby. You're not focused on the business side of it. There's many ways to monetize your stuff, right? And so you could set it up so that you're doing the visual stuff, you're doing the video podcast, and then you're also allowing ads to be run on your show. Now you'll get paid because on one side of it, if the people like, if they do it like I do it and even better, probably right. Most people watch an entirety of an ad or like 90% of an ad. And the longer those people watch, the more money you get paid. Right. Think about it this way. Cause you might still be sitting there thinking like, well, that's a lot of work to do the video stuff and put it on. So that somebody, okay, think about it this way. So, um, I joined this discord group. I recently discovered discord. Let me start there. And I joined this discord group of YouTube earnings. So people who create content for the sole purpose, like the sole purpose of being monetized so they can make a living. Right. And on average inside that discord group, I think the monthly average income is something like 25 to 27,000 a month is what people are making, just creating content so they can make money. Some of these people, by the way, like, here's a great example. Some of these people, by the way, they're super niche and they just take flights. They'll hop on a flight and they'll review the first class economy class, business class, right? Knowing that I'm going to watch the whole thing. Right, people like me or people like that are people who are like me. Well, those people, because I'm watching their videos over and over and over and over, they're getting paid. Sometimes hundreds, sometimes thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars a month. Right now, how much more importance does that give to your podcast or to your show? If you can be able to take the thing you love, still be able to not just run ads to your show, but then be able to promote your own stuff, your own service, your own offers. Because you know, like Nate said, these days people don't even skip these ads. So you can just bake in your own ads unskippable in the video, right? You got the YouTube ones where people can press skip ad after five seconds, or you got yours where you're like, hey, and you, by the way, I don't think ads have to be this like drastic thing, right? I think somebody who does amazing advertising in their YouTube videos for their podcast, their show, Ben Mala, I don't know if you're familiar with Ben Mala. I think he does a phenomenal thing because he'll just cut to a different scene and it's just like all the way all of the stuff is like today's video is brought to you by such, such and such. Right. And then they'll tell about his experience with it and it'll cut right back to the video. That's still an ad. Right. That thing caught me when he was talking about having the, sh the dress shirt that's tailored to your perfect size online. That caught me and I ended up doing it. Right. And so and he always does his own like, you know, consult with Ben.com 
to go consult with them. But that's other ways. Like on our show, something we're gonna, really focusing on doing this year is offering consulting calls because we know people are going to be watching our stuff. So it behooves me to be like, hey, sign up for a call with us. I know you're watching this, right? So, and we haven't even talked about how to run ads yet. We haven't even talked about how you can set it up on your end. We're just talking about the benefits of what it can do for you from a financial side, from a watching side, and how you can be able to capitalize that opportunity to get the results you want to get. Hopefully this is what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, this is what I want to talk about. So then let's even transition now to like the how to set up and all that stuff. So let me go ahead and just kind of give you guys a breakdown of how you should do. So if you don't, let's pretend you don't have a Google ads account. So what I need you to do is I need you to go to ads.google.com, right? Once you go to ads.google.com, create an account. Okay. The first thing you're going to do is it's going to ask you to set up a campaign, ignore all that stuff. And at the very bottom in tiny letters, it says switch to expert mode. Just click that. Okay. Ignore all that stuff at the very bottom it says switch to expert mode. It's going to have you set up your time zone, your billing country, all that stuff. Make sure you pick the correct one. Cause once you set it up, you, you can't change it. So if you're in the United States, pick the United States. If you're in Australia, pick Australia. If you're in central time zone, Pacific, Eastern, whatever it is, pick the right one. Cause once you choose it, it won't change. Again, so once you get into that, you know, um, there are just different things you can do, right? So from one perspective, here it is. From one perspective, you can have where you set up your audiences and how to do that. This is where it starts to get a little complicated. So I want to keep it overview for everybody. You can set up your audiences. Your audiences are simply the kind of people that are going to be seeing your ads and how you're going to be targeting. Okay, so there's four main audiences I believe you need to be able to have to create. We have what are called URL audiences. These are audiences or people based on what websites they go to, what websites they frequent. Now you can base that with like related and broad, right? So ones that are related to your website, your kind of service, ones that are broad from the bigger perspective. So if I could use an example like real estate investors, business credit cards for Better yet, I'd be like business credit cards for real estate investors or podcast business owners or whatever, right? Well, a related one is I'd be looking at like, what's it called? Um, Nerdwallet.com, right? Different articles that are telling me the top 10 best things or Credit Karma will give you like the different top 10, whatever, right? But on the back end of that, what a broad example looks like might be Chase.com, AmericanExpress.com, Bank of America, right? Just different banks that offer credit cards might be the broad version of that. But those related is like thinking about top 10. This could work if you have a blog, just being able to find both sides of it broad and specifically related to your stuff. Okay. Next, we would have what you call app audiences. So creating audiences based on different apps that are used for that stuff. So let me use the example of Pickleball because, you know, one of our clients, she's in Pickleball. So now with the fastest app growing audience, sport, fastest growing sport. If you don't know already, just Google Pickleball. You'll find all my clients. <laughs> like, oh, shameless plug. Anyway, so Let's take pickleball, right? So with app audiences, now, by the way, with an app audience, it's important to mention that when Apple started getting into that little pissy fight with Facebook and came out with an iOS update, they made it a little tougher, right? So with the app audiences, they're going to benefit more Android users than iPhone users, okay? It doesn't mean that you can't find them. It's just you can't track them completely all the way through unless they opt into it. But Android, them folk do not care. So you could set up an app audiences and say pickleball, and you could go and just find inside Google when you create an audience. You could find all the different apps that pickleball players are using to find games, to be able to find treatment, to find new equipment, to find courts all that stuff just and there's a bunch of apps for those very things by the way right and you create audiences based on those apps well why is that because you're going to be able to track people who use those apps and what else they do online when you're running the video ads okay then we have keyword so keyword audiences based on different keywords that they're either searching or interest they have right so this could be stuff like specific keywords to the product you have Right. If we could, we could use um, what's in here, this water bottle, because are you familiar with this Awala water bottle? Have you heard of is it? Isn't it like uh, it like has like 
desensitizes or something like that? Uh, maybe, but you can sip and gulp. Okay. Right. So you can like drink straight or you can like sip out of it. Okay. So one of my friends, him and his uh, girlfriend, they blessed us with this and then I just got hooked. So let's use water bottles. Okay. There's a reason why I mentioned a wall in specific. This is not a promotion for a walla, but you know, I think they're great. Um, but let's just use water bottle. We'll take a walla, hydro flask, Stanley cups. And what's, what's something else that all the young kids are using now as a water bottle? I don't know. Um, let's just take Kirkland. Whatever. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say like those big jugs that like have the like giant. that that measure is like, oh, you're awake. There you go. You're, okay, you're, you're, there you know. we go. Those 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. water bottles. Yeah, right? there you go. Yeah, yeah. So Orala, Hydroflask, Stanley, and those fitness 9 a.m. to 5 a.m. water bottle cups. So if we're running ads for water bottles, the broad would be what? It'd be water bottles. Those are the keywords we're going with. Best water bottles for working out better best water bottles for fitness best water bottles to drink all the water best water bottles that gallon right water bottles that hold a gallon um cross-country basketball water bottles sports water bottles road trips water bottles whatever it is there's a bunch of keywords and a bunch of different types of water and those are the broad keywords then we look at specific keywords specific would be a wallow water bottles 40 ounce 26 ounce 30 ounce right Hydro flask water bottles, 16 ounce, 24 ounce, whatever. So this even gets me thinking is like, so everyone's on like, you know, that's 75 hard and mm -hmm. you have to drink like a certain amount of water. So if you're the company, you could target 75 hard and then what? Yeah. Water bottles. 75 hard water bottles. Right. Or if you really go like if 75 hard listens to this, create 75 water bottles. I promise you it will sell. Yeah, because um, yeah. the people that are doing your program for the people that do 75 hard people and I'm one of those people, those people are insane. And so Ryan they Stuman, will man, get he's created like a all, beast. I'm telling you, they will get all 75 water bottles. It's kind of like um, there's that airline. ALM. Where Atlanta? they no, uh KLM. So it's that oh, okay. Dutch Airlines and they have this thing, their business class where they have like these vodka bottles, I think they are but they're shaped like houses. There's like 90 of them. So at the end of each flight, you get to pick one to like 90, whatever it is, a number. You can pick one of them, right? So the game then becomes how many of them can you collect? But the only way to collect them, how, is you have to fly business class. That's the only way to collect that tiny house. That's a liquor bottle. So that game becomes how many of them can I get, right? So I'm, that's what I'm saying. 75 hard. I didn't say solve 75. I said create 75 water bottles and just have something one through 75. I promise you it's marketing. That's insane, but it will go crazy because polarizing okay. stuff sells. I'll get into that a little bit. So this shirt, mm -hmm. this is done by dark sport, civil regime, right? They uh -huh. have numbers on it. And that that's like, you have a certain number, right? Like distinguished to you. Like, they did something with the year of like Kobe died. And so 24, like, dude, if you got 24 and then you could like, potentially like resell that and be like, well, I got the 70, you know, and right. re relating it back to 75 hard, say if you got that 75 bottle, it's like, dude, I got the number 75. Heck yeah. And you make it hard to get too, right? Yep. As yep. part of advertising, I would make like a hundred thousand bottles in number one, but I'd only make, Ooh, this is great marketing. I would only make 75 total bottles that have the number 75 on it. And you go one through 75 and only 75 people can get, but you make a totally new way to do 75 hard. And on the, the first 75 to 75, that can prove they got there. You ship the bottle off for free. I promise you y'all listening. This is how crazy marketing works. The crazy marketing sells. Okay. Let me go back to the YouTube thing. So we had specific ones, a wall of hydro flask, um, Stanley cup, you know, nine to five workout water bottles, very specific. So that's how specific first broad keywords work. And the reason why you set those up is because you're setting them up based on Google search terms. You're setting them up, setting them up based on interest and purchases. So what do people look up and what do they typically buy? What are they interested in? Right. That's that third type of audience. Then the fourth type of audience you create is going to be the based on YouTube channels. So the kind of content they take in, 
how many of those channels can you find? Right. And then you're going to create an audience based out of that. Because if you know Paul and Nate both watch this one YouTube channel, then as you're setting up the audiences, you're going to run to the you're going to run the ads to Paul and Nate, but then also to everybody like Paul and Nate. Right. So now when you're setting up those audiences and you're running those ads, you're not asking yourself, is it going to the right people? Absolutely. If there's two of us, there must be three of us. And if there's three of us, now this sounds like one of those like physics questions, but if there's three of us, there must be four. And there's somebody like me that likes the stuff that I like. There's somebody like Nate that likes the stuff that he likes. And so as you're setting those audiences, that's what the game is. That's what the goal and the target is, right? The thing with YouTube ads is once you set up those things is you're setting up ads that are going to people that are already looking for the stuff. That's the key difference, by the way. Mind you, do I think Facebook ads work? Yes, I do. Do I think Instagram ads work? Yes, I do. What's the difference, though, between those and this? I think, all right, this is unsolicited, but I think it's actually infinitely easier to run YouTube ads after you set up the audience because you already understand. With Facebook and Instagram, you're testing and testing and testing. There's something I learned at an event I was at this weekend, right, from Rudy Marr. But you're testing and testing and testing the audience to find the perfect audience. And then once that hits, oh, you go crazy. Throw as much money as you can at it, right? With YouTube ads, you're not testing audiences. You already you create the audiences based on stuff people are already looking for, and then you run the ads to them, right? Now, yes, your landing page needs to you know do something. By the way, this one we're talking about doesn't have to be perfect. All my landing pages for when people opt in, if you come to any landing page that I create, I, I'll tell you exactly what's on them. Y'all could take this format. Right at the very top is going to be just one little section with a logo. Then it's going to be a two column thing. On the left side is a picture with a headline above it, basically saying, get started here. And on the right side of that column is going to be a little submission form. All it says is first name and email. That's the entire opt-in page. And I know if I run an ad on YouTube and spend a hundred bucks a day, I could at this point tell you exactly how many people I'm going to get to that land opt-in page. And I'll tell you that 87% of the people on average are going to opt in. So if I have a thousand people that land on that landing page, I know at least 870 of those people are going to give me their first name and email because they're already interested in what the ad had to say. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I want to add something to that, guys. So if they do give you their email, please have something set up where it automatically emails them right after, because yeah. if you don't, they're gone. gone. They are gone forever. You lost them. And like the email should be like the next steps. What are their next steps of what they're going to take? Whatever they signed up for, they're going to yeah. get this video series. And then, you know, the video series is also going to have emails attached to it. Think of the customer journey there, guys. Think of the customer journey. Absolutely. Um, and I could also talk about how I set up my funnel too. So I typically, you know, I'll have an opt-in page and then I'll go to like a VSL page. Friends, VSLs do not need to be 30 minutes. That's just my take. Disregard. If you're hating on that, disregard it. If you agree, come on in. I think VSL should only be five minutes or less. If you can't get your point across in five minutes, I'm not watching a TV show. I'm here to change my life and it's two in the morning. Just think about that. Like, <laughs> just think about and no, this is actually like all jokes aside. Think about when most people are taking action on your ads. What are people doing during the day? They're where most of the time at work. They're not on their. I mean, they're not supposed to be on their phone scrolling all day, every day to see their ads. They're at work. So if you're running ads and you're like, man, nobody converts in the middle of the day during. Well, OK, you're working. So are they. Right. So with YouTube ads, what I tend to see is most people end up opting into your stuff basically between 10 p.m. and like six in the morning. What does that mean? You have like when you're running, creating your ads and you're running them, you have to think about the time of day most people will convert. So for me, that's what I'm saying. If it's two in the morning and I have to watch a half hour training just to get on a call with you, I am not watching your half hour training. I'm ready to the place where life sucks, right? I know I got work in the morning. 
and now you want me to sit here for half an hour to watch you monotonely explain something to me? No, give it to me straight. Give it to me quick. Get to the point. Tell me this, 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 this. Book a call. Let's talk some more. That's my personal opinion, though. That doesn't mean that's the perfect way to do it. I was going to add something on that on top of that. If you are doing these 30 minute VSLs, drop it into uh, like, like a Descript or something where you can get the transcription and then throw that bad boy in the chat GPT, chat GPT four and be like, Hey, I need a four minute script. I need this or, or summarize in four minutes and then boom, there you, go. you got it. And then just go, go. re-record that shit. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. That, that you were actually giving a solution. I was just complaining. Um, so I love that. <laughs> so that. Right. But that's how YouTube ads from a 30,000 foot view works. Now there's some things you have to do inside your channel. You know, um, you have to put exclusion lists. You have to make sure that it's run into the right place. Campaign spend and your budget matters. How much you spend a day. We definitely don't have time to go into that, but let me just give you a very quick breakdown, y'all. So with YouTube ads, what I suggest is you start at 30 bucks a day for your ad. When you create your ad, all you need to do is four hooks, one little section explaining what your service is about and a call to action. Hear what I said. That means just four different introductions and then the rest of the video can be the exact same. What you're doing though, is you're taking each hook and making it its own ad. So in one campaign, you'll have how many ads? Four. So you're going to be testing four different creatives to get your thing. So you don't need to have a thousand different campaigns. Now, when I'm running ads, I have like three, four campaigns. So I'm running basically start off the bat, 12 to 16 ads at a time. Each campaign's at 30 bucks. So I'm easily at 120 bucks a day right off the bat. You don't have to be at that point. But here's what I'll say. When you're running, run them at 30 bucks a day, even if you have one campaign, it's going to take that 30, split it across the four. What I would do is there's something inside, if you go into the settings of your campaign, there's something called the TCPA, target um, conversion product. No, TCPA. What does the C stand for? Product acquisition. That's crazy. I forgot. But there's something called the TCPA. You're basically telling Google, hey, I don't want to spend more than this to convert somebody. Okay. So with your TCPA, I would first set it at 25. Did you find what it stands for? I forgot what the C stands for. That's crazy. But you tell Google, hey, I don't want to start higher than 25. It if says consumer. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's an act. It's basically a law that we had to follow since 1991. So it's a compliance. It's the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Oh, okay. No, not that one. Um, oh, that's no, no. What I'm, what I'm looking for is, um, but there's, it's called your TC, it's your TCPA. So to target something, cost per acquisition. Wow, it came back. So your target cost per acquisition. There you go. Yeah, so yeah. CPA. Basically, you're gonna want to start it at like twenty six dollars a day. Okay, what you're doing is even though your ads are running at thirty bucks a day, put your TCPA at twenty six, and wait. Friends, wait, don't panic if your ad is not spending money. Just wait, wait two days, wait 72 hours. After that period, if you don't see anything happening, then increase it to 36. All you're doing is trying at the beginning to get Google to spend money, okay? If it doesn't spend after like another 24 hours, increase it to 45. At that point, I promise you, Google will start spending money. Let it run for 24 hours. At that point, you could decrease it back to like 30 or 25 or 26, right? But just wait. What's going to be happening is your, your biggest metric is going to be the cost per conversion. So your cost per conversion is going to be what YouTube considers to be 150 bucks to be profitable. You want to get it under $10 per conversion. But... It's not going to happen. Depending on your offer, it might cost a little more to convert somebody. Special financial offers, they typically cost more. So if you have your financial offer and your cost per conversion is like 20 bucks or lower, that's totally fine. That means you're basically paying like a dollar something every time somebody clicks. Okay. And I know I just said a whole bunch of numbers with and zero, like zero explanation. 
we don't have time to explain those. But what I'm saying is your cost per conversion is going to be the key indicator. If your cost per conversion is a hundred bucks, but your offer is a hundred bucks, that's not functioning well. If your cost per conversion is a hundred, but your offer is 10,000, that's working well. So just because your thing's not at $10 or more below doesn't mean it's not working. Okay, guys, it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. Like back to where we we're talking about the perfect thing. It doesn't have to be perfect. But when I'm running ads, I'm always aiming to keep that CPC below $10 per conversion, whether or not the offer is 5,000, 10,000, 35,000, whatever it is. Because if I can get it to under $10, now I know my offer is converting so well on the front end that I can increase the ad spend. Now I can say, if I spend $500 a day, I'm going to get this many book calls or this many purchases or this many opt-ins, right? And that's where you get into that with YouTube ads. It's very easy with YouTube ads where A equals B and B will equal C. If you're spending 50 bucks a day, you know, you're going to be getting like, I don't know, 30 book calls a week, which means on the back end, if you're good at sales and you're converting a minimum of 30%, you know, you're going to be getting, I don't know, if you're getting 30, book, uh, whatever, right? Say you're getting 12 or whatever, 30% of 30 is, right? Mm -hmm. And then your, your offer is like 5K. So basically you're, you're closing per week, a pretty good number. That's the beauty of YouTube ads. When you're running YouTube ads, that's the beauty of it. Once that thing is optimized and you know what your cost per conversion number is, what your cost per click matters, but not so much, right? Well, you at least understand what your numbers show on the front end, which when you run a YouTube ad, it'll have all the campaigns. You have to create them, but it'll have all the columns and like the stats right there even down to like what your click-through rate is. And, um, you know, a great click-through rate, guys, is like 2%. That's what the aim is if you want to have it there. Some of mine hit like 3%, and I just feel like king of the world. Majority of mine are like 1.7%, 1.5%. It doesn't matter. It's somewhere like you're just aiming like great optimals too, okay? But because you can understand what those numbers are with YouTube ads, then you know I can spend this much money and make this much on the back end if I'm running the ads, right? And so that's where, you know, for y'all, I just wanted to explain the beauty of it because obviously we have an organic marketing company and I believe organic marketing works, but I also believe that advertising will boost as a whole picture. There's no perfect way of going about it, right? But that's the beauty of YouTube ads, man. It just allows for you to understand what your numbers are. And once you understand what your numbers are, you can, I mean, you can crush it. You can crush, you can spend a thousand bucks a day if you have the back end to support that, you know? And this is coming from like, there's companies out there running YouTube ads that are spending half a million, a million a day because they know they have like 500 people in the back room or a thousand employees taking calls. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So I was going to bring up something really quick here that I'm sure the listeners are thinking of too. And we've talked about this before about like the delivery and the fulfillment. Now it's like, cool, that's full. And you know, now it's like, well, now delivery and fulfillment is breaking. And guys, I just want to tell you, like, it's not that you're not so like, you're filling that pipeline of the lead and nurture, and you got them in right and you got them signed up, you got their, their 5,000 that we were talking about as a, as a example number, you know, and then, so making sure that you're also like continuing, like hiring, you're continuing to grow your team. It's not all reliant. Like, well, now I have to serve all these people. Well, you get to serve all these people. Let's, let's, let's switch that mindset there. You get yeah. to serve all these people. And then, you know, your business gets to grow and, and you got to understand the kind of like the balances of like, yes, it's going to break the delivery, but then you need to fix that delivery. You need to go hire the people that you need in those places. You need to have your ops and stuff like, like in place, your systems and stuff like that to handle this. You know, it's not yeah. like, it's just, oh, we got all this now. And now what do we do? We were talking about this the other day of like, if we had 20 clients, you know, could we take them all? No, we couldn't. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Not, not yet. But dude, I mean, even talking about that, right? Let's take the example. I was given it the $5,000 offer closing 30%, which it's not 12. I think it's eight or nine. It's no, it's nine. Um, You can check my math on that, but I think it's nine, right? So if you're getting 30 book calls a week, 
Yeah. But you're closing 30%. So you're closing nine people, which puts you at 45,000 a week, right? Well, guess what? Now you don't have to solely rely on yourself to do that. You can hire two or three people. If you're making 45K a week, I mean, y'all, even if you are spending $1,000 a day to make that return, which is terrible, but whatever, right? Even if you're spending 1000 bucks a day, that's $7,000 a week. So, okay, you take the 45, you take away 7000 You're still left over with enough to still hire two people, even if their salary is 100 k right? And then that's how you grow your business. And that's why, like, I'm always preaching these days, YouTube ads, YouTube ads, YouTube ads, YouTube ads, because what the, the opportunity people are missing, man, is they don't see that on the front end. And that also deals with the mindset where if you've been scarred by advertising or somebody did it and it didn't work before, right? You could look at it and be like, well, why would I ever spend that much? Well, I submit to you, why wouldn't you? If you knew, and, you know, Nate and I talked about this yesterday, right? If you knew, like, spending... $20,000 on the front end, like we talked about, would make you 200000 on the back end, wouldn't you spend that w happily, right? And then and in, think, the, in the reverse of that, it's like, okay, I just saw that happen. Shit, I'm going to put in 200000 and I'm going to get $2 million on the back end. Exactly. Exactly. Like, that's the way the, exactly. the... I mean, I think about it like, you remember those <laughs> i even laugh as a kid in the multiplication like machine you put in this and then this comes out that's comes exactly out. what we're doing because it's all simple math i'm telling y'all it's all simple math guys yeah. and like if you just simply allow yourself to see what the beauty of it is man i i just and then like we were saying guys it just boosts your organic like you guys yeah. know Maybe you do, maybe you haven't, because I've been bringing a lot of YouTube people on now. It's like, I'm bullish on YouTube right now. Like all my clients that have podcasts, we are moving to YouTube as well. We're going to YouTube shorts and they're destroying it right now. You know, so like you can either come with the, the, the train that's coming or you can, you know, get, get left behind. That is one way. That's crazy. Me and my wife were talking last night because I was talking with my business partner, Carl, and I used that exact, exact example. I was like, with 2023, man, the train's coming. <laughs> whether, or not, whether or not you're getting on it is a different thing, right? But we were just like, the train's coming and it's on us to get on, right? And, and I'll say this just because we're in a recession. And so if you think about it, what goes down must come up. And if you put yourself in a position as a business owner, Come on now. If you all put yourself in a position as a business owner for it to come back up, but you get in before it comes back up, I, I'm telling y'all, I promise you, life's going to be sweet. And you know, these moments in history, by the way, only come once every couple of times. It's 2023. The last one came in 2008. Yeah. And I want to even talk on that a little bit more is like, guys, if you're doing like 10K per month already, like, when this thing opens up and it's going to open up, well, like you are going to double, you're going to triple, you might even five X, you know, in that time. Right. And you, I'm going to encourage you guys record your systems, build your systems out and to make sure that you can handle that, that push that is going to come yeah. and it's going to come and you can be ready for it or not, not ready. No one's ever ready for anything really, but you can be ready and have those things in place so it doesn't break your systems, but it's always good to break your systems, in my opinion. Always. Um, because then you just retool and fix, and then you're like, exactly. oh, I didn't notice this is what was happening. But, you know, just take advantage of this time that you do have that's like, quote unquote, downtime, because it mm -hmm. is going to turn hard and you want to be in the driver's seat when it comes. That's it. That's yeah. it, man. But yeah, with the YouTube ads, like, um, I mean, I'll talk to you about this because I just had an idea where I think um, we might be able to serve your people as well. But, you know, I'm a firm believer. I can't just throw offers out there in the middle of recording. Um, go, for all, go for well, it. Go for it, man. Okay, so here, here's you, what here, I want to do. Here we go. Here, here's my, my thing that I usually do, as you know, probably from listening and being on the podcast before. So 
Paul, you dropped so much knowledge, you know, and I just want to thank you for that. But for listeners that are listening, they're like, hey, I want to maybe take this YouTube ad thing to the next level. And they're like, hey, I want to work with Paul and I want to work with Carl. How can they do that? Listen, so typically, and this is what we're talking about, 20 new people came onto our stuff. Could we handle it? We could. Don't want to, though, because that would be a lot. But what we're doing right now is we're creating um, a done with you version. So just the following long version, okay? So my offer is for only, only for listeners of this show. So how do I know you're a listener of the show? You got to be able to be following. So if, if you hear this offer and you're like, hey, I heard about this, you got to be following. So you got to be subscribed to the show. But for listeners of this offer, I want to be able to give you some percentage off of our offer. Um, currently, we'll do it like this. How about this? Right now, the, the offer itself is a 50% off of our main price, but I want to make sure y'all get in. So we'll do 60, right? So I'll give you an extra 60% off this main offer just to get you guys in there to be able to do it. If you're interested, all you have to do is let Nate know that you want to get in. Now you could DM us. Absolutely. So if you're trying to find us just off the clock, SEO on Instagram, off the clock, SEO on Google, you can always reach out to us and just let us know. You can let Nate know and his team know, and we'll be able to hook you guys up in there. Um, but you know, 60% off just for you guys, but this is only going to be valid to my birthday. Let me just say it like that. So that's going to be May 25th, which means it's March 21st at the time of this recording. So y'all have 60 days essentially to take advantage of this offer to be able to utilize YouTube ads for yourself. So going to put that out there for you guys, 60% off, just let him know and we'll set something up there for you guys to be able to get in there. But I believe if it's the right fit for you, YouTube ads will make a gigantic difference in your business, not just for your business, but for your channel, from your family, and then just for your ability to be able to increase your brand awareness, man. Because, and we didn't get into that, right? So we might have to do like another one on that one. But brand awareness, it's everything. So um, just always remember, people will always remember the brand more than remember the face. So if you can build your brand to be recognizable continuously, immediately, you won't even need to be present for somebody to want to do business with you and to be able to serve other people. Boom, that's right why there. Target's brand is a dog, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that's why... Uh, so Dark Sport, they use a wolf. And then the wolf represents never fucking give up. Right. And then, so whenever you see that, or you see a wolf, not, it's not even them. You probably think of like, oh, it's never fucking give up. That's yep. right there, you know? Right. And, and brand, so we'll, we'll come back to that brand uh, maybe in quarter three or something like that. We'll touch right. on that for, for you guys. Cause I think that, that is a great idea to touch on, but so we'll kind of end it here a little bit, but so we're going to get to our pod decks questions. We're asked probably maybe two, maybe even one. We'll see uh, where we can go with it. So it's going to be an interesting one. Kind of, it sometimes a little personal. So, if you could be a different person, who would you be and why? Hmm. If I could be a different person. Yeah. Who would I be and why? Yep. You know, most people, if given the opportunity, they would want to go back in time and go back to the younger version of themselves. I think for me, I'd probably want to go see what 95-year-old Paul looks like. And the reasoning why is if I went back in history, yeah, I'd absolutely tell myself to do things differently, but I'm actually glad I am where I am right now. But I would love to know the lessons I've learned in the future before I get there. That would be really cool, right? Because if I could go and meet the future myself and I'd ask things like, dude, have you lived? Like, did you, was it all worth it? Was it, did the business thing matter? Really? Did you love your kids? Did you love your wife? Did you love your grandchildren? Did you wake up every morning and give every day a hundred percent? And if I didn't, then I'd be like, holy crap, I got some decisions I've got to make right now. So I think that's who I'd go meet outside of if I could be somebody else though. Let me, let me answer that question, man. If I could be somebody else, huh? That's a tough one, man, because at this point in my life, like, I don't even know if I envy to be somebody else just because I have no idea what they're dealing with or what's, what's going on in their life. Right. Um, right. On the outside, it could look like 
sunshine and rainbows, but then yeah. you get, get in here and you're like, whoa, this is a, a mess yeah. that I don't want to be a part of. I want to deal with that. Those are problems yeah. I don't want, man. So yeah, I'll just stick with the, the future 95 year old version. I like of Paul. that. I like yeah, that. I just wish I could. I, I wish I could know what he's going through before I got there myself. It's almost like back to the future, you know, and, and they go to go in time and they see like where Biff and, uh, uh, Marty have ended up at that time. Right. And I, so I think that's kind of cool. And then I don't know. We, so, okay, let's change something. What if you saw something and you were like, I'm not proud of that. Would you change it? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of things I think okay. growing up, I haven't been proud of. Um, no, but I mean like from the 95 year old, do you see it from oh, the 95 year old? So yeah. oh, oh, and then oh, you come you, back, you. would you change? Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. If yes. you have the power or would you be like, well, this is what I'm supposed to be. Right. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's no, like I, a philosophy question. <laughs> no. Yeah. If I went into the future and I met 95 year old Paul and they were like, no, like this is, oh yeah. When I get back to the present, I'm changing a couple of things. Okay. Oh, believe okay. me. I don't care how that changes the space time continuum. <laughs> I am making a shift, <laughs> you know, so I can live now, man. Cause I think that's what it is. You gotta be able to live now. Heck yeah, man. You know, don't wait till you're 67 or 75 or whatever that's when you live life with regrets and i've met enough people at that age where they told me they could go back man they, they would change do the simplest things yep yep yeah 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 i agree on that i mean we can get a little emotional here like i was at an event and it's crazy like this guy a for your earner and stuff but the one thing that he would have changed is like he would have fought for his uh marriage more it's like, yeah. dang, you know, yeah. it's like that, those, those things, you know, it's like, Honored. it could pass you by and you can get stuck in this rat race and, and, and turning your wheels, you know, and then by the time you know it, you're like, your kids are grown, they're out the house and it's like life just passed you by and you didn't even know it. Allow me to add to your wisdom there with that, man. Go for so it. Go for it. I realized last year. Um, Cause I love my godson, man. So my godson in his first year of life, I think I saw him maybe four times. Mind you, I live like 30 minutes away. Right. Between when he was one and when he was two, I remember going into 2022 last year. And I said, I have to see this kid at least once a week. Here's why. I sat and I thought about it and I was like, if I see him once a week, that means I see him 52 times in a year, which is not a lot because there's 365 days. Right. And I was like, I have to be able to build these memories with this kid. It's my little nephew. It's my godson. I have to be able to build memories. I found myself thinking when my wife's father was in the hospital in a coma. Right. And I was like, we're going to get married and then we're going to build our own family. And I was like, holy crap. If we only see each other, and the holidays, and we're alternating holidays, that means we've got a good, and her dad's like 67. So like, I was like, we might have a good eight to nine more visits, right? And so stuff like that is what really drives me right now. Where, you know, a lot of people could be like, Paul, you could work more. You could be putting in 16 hour days. And I think we kind of talked about this yesterday, right? But Paul puts in, like eight to nine hour days. And you know what I do with the rest of the time? I go hang out with my wife. As much as I want to be working at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., getting stuff done so I can get ahead. No, she's like, yo, look, let's let's watch Married at First Sight. Let's go to the gym. You know, let's do a little of the circle. Let, let's do this. Let's watch a rookie. Like, let's go for a walk. Yeah, I'm going to totally do that stuff. Because at the end of the day, if I grow this business to billions of dollars, but she's not by my side. I promise you, none of it was worth it. If our family can't be there to enjoy, if she can't like, if I can't like, you know, part of it, you know, is, especially as business men, like we look at our wives and we're like, it's not that they're not capable. We're like, yeah, I want to create this reality for you so you could do whatever you want to do, right? We're willing to take on that, that pressure. But it's like, at the same time, 
we have to be able to spend that time with the people that we love. I remember growing up, man, my parents couldn't come to my football games because they had to work all the time. And I tell myself, like, there is no freaking way I'm about to repeat that cycle. Right. So like, just like you're saying, the eight figure earner, man, a lot of this is just like, we have to do it in a way that um, matters. And that's why I was saying, I'd go see the future me because I would ask him because I know the thoughts I'm having right now. So I'd ask him, was it all worth it? Did you live? Did you spend the time with the family? Did you do the things you said you wanted to do? I lived like what a mile away from the beach. Right. And even this year, I'm like, I have to go at least once a week now to go see the sunrise and sunset. I'm like, did you watch the sunrise? Did you take the time to be calm? Or were you so consumed with what you were doing that you missed out on the rest of that? It's like the phenomenon of a concert. I don't take a lot of like pictures and videos on my phone. Right. If I go to a concert, everybody will have highlights. I have none of those. Cause I'm like, dude, did I go to watch my phone or did I go to watch the concert? And I picked up that lesson and I'll, and I'll leave it with this. I picked up that lesson from a wedding photographer. I met once at a wedding where everybody at the wedding, like bride is coming down the aisle. They've got their phones out. And he was like, you know, that's the craziest thing as a wedding photographer. He's been paid like 10, 15 grand to capture those memories. So everybody else can be present. And he said, most people at weddings miss out on being present and they can't even remember what happened at a wedding, a memorable day because they were so caught up with trying to capture it instead of just living in it. So once he hit me with that, man, I was like, yeah, yeah, we got to live. We got to live. Boom. Well, guys, I'm going to end it there. This has been a phenomenal episode. Again, if you're like looking to take it to the next level and you're like, man, I want to go do those YouTube ads, jump in that link or send me a DM so then I can, you know, reach out to Paul and, and get, and get you the 60% off and all that stuff until his birthday. Um, and man, I think this was a powerful episode. We went from business and then we went to personal. And I think that's, that's kind of what we're always doing as business owners. So thank you guys for listening as always. And don't forget to rate review and follow for more. Peace guys. For more inspiring conversations like this one, I invite you to join my free Facebook group, Healthcare Hacks and Connections. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, review on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lastly, be sure to follow our socials on Instagram, the podcast underscore doc and Nate Novice on Facebook. Thank you and have a great day.